0: As of today's recording, we're going to be together on a retreat in uh, twelve days. Twelve days—is days. it really twelve days? I'm also going to be living in a new house by the time I'm in the retreat. Which that's—I feel cool. like that's Heck not. Uh, you've been living in a lot of different places
1: recently. Yeah. How many
2: houses have you lived in since you started working here? Yeah.
1: Okay, guys. I'm just two. Okay, so well, it just feels like a lot more because we we have this
0: conversation daily. So I just yeah. I want yeah. I, I want just like live somewhere already, dude. I've Come made on. a decision yeah. to to bring you into as much of the chaos as possible. But, Can we but- opt out? <laughs> <laughs> we don't have that segmentation. yet. <laughs> According to Can Spam laws, and, you actually <laughs> and let me tell yeah. you, uh, you cannot fully unsubscribe from me. Uh, <laughs> But we're going to be together. We're going to eat a lot of food. And so that had me thinking. Uh, I pulled a list of like five of the most you know, popular or, or regular, sorry, five of the most popular cuisines that we, we can get. And I wanted to just have a little conversation about them and maybe rank them. Like, tell me what your favorites are, what you don't care for. So we have Italian, Mexican, Japanese, Indian, and French. I have one question. Okay
3: where's American?
0: Where's American <laughs> uh, on that list? <laughs> I said good cuisines. No, I'm just kidding. I, I like American cuisine. <laughs> okay. Keep going. Sorry. What is American? Is it just hamburgers? Like what, I'm not what is... literally
3: envisioning hamburgers. Is it just yeah.
0: McDonald's? Fried chicken, maybe? Well, yeah. That's, that's a, yeah that, I think that's a controversial uh, thing because we don't have a national cuisine, I, I wouldn't say, but America's got great food. When you think about Southern food, when you think about like Creole food, Maine and like what New England food. We have a ton of good food I think we get slammed because we don't have like a, a really narrow uh, cuisine like a lot of these other, but I think that's true about a lot of the other countries here like Italian, Italia, Italia. Italia. <laughs> that is the technical name for it. Big Italian Italia, fan, huh? <laughs> Italia has, you know, 50 different cuisines and they're all very distinct and different, but we kind of think of it as like Italians, pasta and pizza. But I think America gets a bad rap. I think the most national stuff is hot dogs and hamburgers, but yeah,
1: did we invent in the hamburger?
0: I feel like we didn't even invent
1: that. I saw, okay. I, I always thought that we didn't, but I did see a story on the news the other day about like the first restaurant in America that created the hamburger. Hmm. And so, and, and it was a very small like tavern and they still had the original equipment that they create that they basically, I guess, broiled the burgers or the the meat in. So I, I don't know the answer, but I think that we actually created that.
2: Lou, so. Lou, Lewis Lassen invented the burger when he put scraps of ground beef between slices of bread for fast, easy eating. Dang, just left Louis oh yeah, garbage.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's that's our legacy is just yeah, leftover garbage <laughs> put together into a, a package like a hot dog, you know, that or a hand, like yeah. that's a claim to fame. Efficiency.
0: All right. Yeah, so, what about what right. about these other cuisines, Ariel? What what sticks out to you? What do you mm. like?
2: Um, Italian is always a top for me. Um, I'm going to put French at the bottom. Really? I feel like Mexican, it depends. That's top-ish. Maybe Japanese is top up there as well. Four and five are Indian and French. Really? Two, three. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. I love Indian food though too. There's just I love the food. Italian, Mexican, Japanese, and Indian, like those, it just depends on the day, which would be top. Mm. How about that? But Italian, well, Italian's See, always stop.
1: I think that it depends on the location for some of these on where, you, like, I feel like Italian food is pretty similar all over the country. Like you go to an Italian restaurant, you can expect most of the same things. Mm-hmm. Mexican food. I feel like varies a lot. Like Mexican mm-hmm. food in Texas is totally different than Mexican food in California. And then everything Mexican food wise that I've had, like in the Northern half of the country sucks.
2: Can we, can we, can we wait a second? Like Mexican food, are we thinking that's, um, that's not Taco Bell. That's not, um, <laughs> no, I don't think like, like, well, I, I, I yeah, mean, obviously, coffee. well, yeah, but like, let's, let's set some parameters. Can we just set some parameters for what Mexican food is and what it isn't? Maybe. I,
1: okay. Let's say tacos, enchiladas, quesadillas.
0: Yeah. I mean, in every one of these categories, like using Italy as the example, there are many different styles of Italian food. So like sometimes I'll go to a Roman Italian restaurant. Sometimes I'll go to like a, a you know, a, a Napa. Come on. Say it. Say it. You got it.
3: <laughs> Napolini.
0: <laughs> it's <Napoletian>, actually. <laughs> um, I, I think that depending on where you, you go, you get different kinds of food, but then there's kind of that base, just like big box Americanized Italian. Mm. Same thing with Mexican probably across most of the country. But then when you go to Texas, you get Tex-Mex, which is Mm -hmm. not Mexican. It's Mm -hmm. Tex-Mex. So I wonder if getting that specific is even helpful. I think we probably need to keep it just in very vague terms, right? right, right. right. Okay, vague terms. Can we – Okay, yes. Go
3: ahead, Can we – what is French? Like what's French food? So French is –
0: Oh, my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so. Snails, Robert. I do have (laughs) – Wow. French mm. French cooking is the the most technical and and like delicious good cooking it's there
3: is. Bad. We're really in Michael's wheelhouse okay. here. Okay, mm-hmm. so like, what are some examples of like common French foods?
2: Coq mm-hmm. beef, uh, bouffe, bourguigno, beef bourguignon. I can't pronounce these. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's
0: mean, you know the very traditional meat. The mother sauces, uh, rich. I lots feel of like butter French is the least common of these cuisines it's hard to if you go to a quote-unquote french Mm. restaurant you're probably going to like a really fancy type of restaurant but french technique and you know cuisine i think makes its way through a lot of uh, american cuisine especially if you go to like a new american type restaurant like there's a lot of those sort of techniques that are built in so it may be the one that you are least likely to go to the french restaurant but a lot of the stuff you cook at home or you know you know, older cookbooks have a lot of that French influence in it. Okay. But it's definitely the most technical of the cuisines. It's the most
3: influential, but the least uh,
0: prevalent. It's least, least name.
1: prevalent here because I think a lot of the stuff is people would consider it to be weird food.
0: Like, I feel like there's yeah, not like a fast
2: food alternative, or like you know. Thank goodness. Yeah, that's probably. <laughs> I don't true. want fast
0: food uh, <laughs> cocoven. <laughs>
2: so
1: here's here's kind of my here's how i'm gonna rank these uh, because very fortunately i've been to four out of these five countries i'm not i haven't had a lot of indian food but really? i would say like if you go to these places like the easiest thing it, here how they are in terms of like how easy it is to find something that is good and that you would recognize like if you go to mexico you can find some tacos i feel like that's pretty easy and it's good most people like tacos Italy It was actually, when we went to Italy, it was surprisingly hard to find like the Italian food that we would eat here. Like there's pastas, but it's not like the same thing as like going to Olive Garden. It's like way less pasta than you would think. And it's like weirder. Wherever you're at. Like more, I went to Rome, Florence, and Venice. Venice. Yeah. Rome, Florence, and Venice. Uh, And I've been to Milan too. And you can find pizzas, like pizzas, like you can find a pizza and go like, yep, that's an Italian pizza. Like that makes a lot of sense. The pastas are a lot different than what we generally eat here. I found Japanese food is kind of what you would expect it to be. I mean, it's just like it's fish, you know, it's fish and white rice. So uh and then French food was the weirdest one where it was hard to find something that I thought tasted good. Like the, all the mini there's like steak steak fritz, is that how you say it? Steak fritz. Yes. Um steak and fries. Like the outside of that, like it was kinda of hard to find something that wasn't super weird, but they do have a lot of charcuterie boards. Mm. So I would, I would rank this like every bar. If you go to like a neighborhood bar, you can get like a nice, legit charcuterie board. So I would say Mexican, Italian, Japanese, French, and then I just haven't had a lot of Indian food, so I can't really rank it properly.
3: When we went to Italy, um, we were in Florence and we went to a place and got pasta and (laughs) it was like... You chose like they had the pasta sort of like on display, like pre-made in a way, and you chose what you wanted. And then right in front of you, they microwave it and serve it to you. (laughs) And it was it was good. Like I really enjoyed it. But also like fast food pasta. Yeah. Me and my two roommates who I was with at the time, we were all like, Holy shit, we were not expecting that.
1: There's- Japan was kind of like that too, though. Like Japan had a lot of fast food, but it was like not our fast food where it was like McDonald's or something like that. They still had those things, but they had a lot of like what you would think would be a like a, a meal you would cook that you microwave instead or that it's like heated in some weird way or it comes out of a vending machine. Like mm. They had some strange stuff there.
0: I'm probably going to go Italian first, but I'm not heavy on pizza or pasta, like those aren't the things that draw me to Italian food, but, um, there's just kind of the, the culture of the different fruits and vegetables and the way that they prepare their food. I, I, you know, things with tomato meat, uh, and then I, you know, I'm always a sucker just for some good campari. So I know that's in there somewhere, but just the culture (laughs) of, um, you have the sea, you have the land, you go into the north of the country, you get a di- completely different cuisine. I like Italian food, but I really do like eating at the more regional restaurants that are not just like pasta and pizza. Although I love a good pasta and a good pizza. Um, I'm going to go French next, not because I go to many French restaurants, but when I do cook, like I'm going sort of to French-inspired recipes and I like rich, big hunks of meat dishes with lots of onions and garlic and um, so I like French Indian I'm a sucker for Indian now I can't take any spice so (laughs) you could say that that's probably that wouldn't seem to be the uh, cuisine I'd uh, gravitate towards but we like we love some good Indian food and is there anything better than like garlic naan with mint chutney like Mm. that's just you can never not be happy with garlic naan and mint chutney so good can we just yeah. pause for
1: a second? I love your dedication to using the word cuisine often.
3: <laughs> just means We're like, we're in Michael's wheelhouse, right? Yeah, now. this is,
1: we're deep yeah. down into the, yeah.
3: I was just, yeah. Just as, to as you'll you know. notice, I feel like Ariel and Bobby sort of like kind of gave their rankings and like Michael has like a full on <laughs> explanation with each of like, here's I why this think, is second. I think he's trying third. to flex on us a little bit.
1: He's flexing on us a little bit. That's yeah. fine. There's nothing wrong with that. I think in this situation, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Okay, um, carry yeah. on. Next would be Japanese. I love sushi and the fish, but I, Japan has a a great like fried chicken culture, and um, mm-hmm. you know, I, one of my favorite. Well. <laughs> Goodness gracious! It's like I can't <laughs> even talk. Here. I'm
1: sorry. I muted myself. I muted myself. I can't hope the Robert didn't mute himself when he laughed. I'm sorry. I tried to do my best.
3: I will I just, not. I will not mute my laughter. Just
1: when you said fried chicken culture, I was just, it just it's just—it's sorry.
3: Yeah, it's three words you don't expect to hear together.
1: I never heard somebody say that in that way. But yes. There's like a yeah. I just imagine this like cult following of like fried chicken. Yeah, well,
0: people. I mean they, like they do. They have a lot it's of like a, cult fried, culture a Lot of, of fried chicken yakitori. You know, one of the, my favorite restaurants to go to is a yakitori place, which is just you know stuff uh, on a grill. And then uh, Mexican is last for me. I like Mexican just fine. It's like my wife's favorite. To me, it it like I want it once a month. I I don't uh, I don't gravitate towards. Doing it more than that and i feel like i've been neutered in my excitement for it by, by you all oh, I <laughs> okay i was like hope i was like man is there more content to land too? that real um, soft so i don't get mocked relentlessly no
1: i just wanted to hear you say like refried bean culture or something like that like I oh, something God. like that robert or, didn't you have a band yeah. in
0: high school called refried bean culture
3: uh yeah it was actually we had five people playing triangles and two xylophones <laughs> and that was it that sounds it was a nightmare. nightmare so it was a five bean Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm gonna go Japanese, Indian, Italian, Mexican, French for all okay. the obvious reasons. You just like sushi a lot? Yeah, I love sushi. Um this is actually this is an ignorant question. Uh Japanese, do they do they do stir fry? Or is that more Chinese? I think it's more Chinese. Japanese do stir fry. I think they do. I'm sure
0: they, they, they do probably do, but like when you think of like the a stir fry. I
3: just don't remember
1: having or like a bunch name. of f- like fried breaded meat like you get with Chinese food. Like it was right. like, It's more of, if I remember correctly, it's like not really breaded stuff as much with the stir yeah. fry. But I don't remember.
3: I can just I can really get down with like some quality meat and and white rice. Like mm. I'm I'm pretty content <laughs> with those two ingredients. Yeah. A little bit of spice, we're good. Yeah, I felt like their food was like very simple. And it was good. Yeah. Yeah. Mexican food is pretty simple too, though. It's like a, it's a tortilla and some meat and,
1: you know, some I think. or something.
3: During this conversation, I've realized what my – like why I don't have more excitement about Mexican food is I feel like I like a lot of like sort of like umami type flavor in in my food, like that like full sort of mouthfeel. And I feel like the main source of that in Mexican food is like queso often yeah. granted like if you use a fattier cut of meat maybe but yeah like rice and beans and like a chicken like just isn't super satisfying
0: to me so we're not gonna mm. mock robert for saying umami just gonna let that no, one no because he
1: didn't say umami culture oh, okay. and he didn't say like umami <laughs> cuisine <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: and also it's the proper word you know so yeah, it is
0: yeah yeah i agree yeah, i think, I, think right. I agree <laughs> that that mexican it's like i i do like it i like Guac, and I like margaritas, and I like, you know, (laughs) Mexican meats. I don't love. I thought we were trying not to talk about your drinking on this show. But, um, say that we weren't going to (laughs) mention that anymore. (laughs) Uh, but I do agree that, like, I like richer food. So, like, a French has tons of butter and tomato and, like, Mm -hmm. just rich, big hunks of meat. And Japanese, well, and Italian, obviously, too, has that kind of. Yeah. deep rich flavors, umami. Yeah,
3: I think French would probably be higher on my list. Like maybe up to number one if I'd eaten more French. Because yeah, when you talk about like onions, garlic, butter, like rich flavors, that's if I'm cooking for myself, I'm going. In so that what I'm
0: direction. hearing is Ariel needs to make you a beef bourguignon on the retreat. A bourguignon. Yeah. <laughs> <he's ready. laughs> or you could. No, don't I don't, I, I I don't want to, I don't want my reputation well? to, you know, I don't want. Why
1: are you saying that
0: Ariel has to cook it? I'm, yeah, yeah. Is it because
2: I'm a woman? Yes.
1: <laughs> oh, 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 oh my goodness.
3: <laughs> oh, I love how happy Ariel was with that one.
1: <laughs> I was trying to set her up for it a little bit, but she,
3: yeah. I didn't
2: know if
1: she was going to knock it out of the park or not. Teed Thank it up very nicely. Thank you. Teed it up Thank for you. Her. Great Appreciate work, everyone.
2: in there. From High the fives. top
3: rope Ariel. Yeah. yeah. Should we just should we just move on from that? <laughs> I
1: think we. Have I think to. we're done
2: with this episode.
3: <laughs> <He's Yeah. laughs> gonna,
1: he was neutered and murdered in the same same sequence. So,
3: Michael, I'm sorry that this
1: has happened. Oh,
0: I'm I'm, I'm fine. I'm I'm, I, um,
3: okay. <laughs> I'm relatively sorry.
0: I uh, I just wouldn't want I wouldn't want my uh, reputation to continue to be besmirched by you all eating my cooking. <laughs>
3: No, I feel like I would actually love to eat your cooking. If you made us oh, a no, meal me on the retreat, I would be really excited about that. No, not gonna happen. Okay. Well Okay. That's I'm cool. I'm not the one who well, made I guess that Ariel's joke. just, just gonna, gonna have to, be to cook all Ariel's gonna cook every meal for us then.
2: That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> as long as someone else does the dishes. I'll do it. I'll okay. do it. Thanks. I,
1: I'm a pretty pretty I play pretty big in the dishwashing culture. think it's something that I really have embraced. All right. All right. I have a questionable decision potentially. I don't know. We'll see. Uh, and to give proper credit, this is from the penny hoarder. They have like a dear penny editorial where people submit questions, but I thought this one was very interesting. And I think just based on our last conversations, we're going to, somebody, people are going to have some strong opinions about this, maybe potentially. So this says dear penny. I've decided to basically cut off my daughter once she's finished high school, which will be just over five months from now. She didn't do anything wrong. I'm not eager to get rid of her, and I could easily continue to provide her basic needs, but I won't. Uh, I, myself lived, <laughs> I myself lived with my parents <laughs> into my 20s, but I feel like this did me no favors. I've come to believe in sink or swim and hard knock life philosophies, so please don't argue about this decision. Uh, My only question is when and how to deliver this news to my daughter. I don't want to ruin her birthday or the rest of her senior year. So I may wait until after graduation to tell her that she's on her own. Um, At the, at the very end, it says, I hope to still have a relationship with her after this, but I will understand if she doesn't speak to me for a while. Should I continue to gently lead my daughter toward independence without letting on that it will be forced? Or do I need to inform her now that she will be on her own come summer? Again, my decision is firm in that regard. So please don't argue there.
3: (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> hey, Ariel, I think you're gonna sit this episode out. Okay? Why are
3: they even submitting this? <laughs> <I> don't know. <laughs> yeah.
1: But it's, I think it's a great it's a great one for us to
3: talk about. <laughs> I have made my mind up about this and I want you to know and I'd like a little feedback, but not too much.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's so an an to, odd s- to summarize, is it a good idea to cut your to predetermine that you're cutting your child off and then you're just only trying to figure out when you should tell them and potentially like ruin their life what what i don't understand
0: is do we she's not talking about cutting her child off she's talking about cutting off her 18 year old grown adult she's gone
1: Mm. okay so michael agrees strong michael might have written this yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) we know errol didn't write it
2: no does does your kid know that as soon as he turns 18 he's he's like out of the house yeah get out of here okay
1: like okay so he's on his own paying for college. You're not helping him at all. There's no support whatsoever. No. no. Like, what about
2: things
0: like- Outside of the funniness of it. I don't, I don't, this seems, I don't, there may be a little more story here. Does her daughter plan to go to college? Does she have a plan for her life? Has she really messed things up in her teenage years? It seems like she's got a real visceral reaction. So there may be some information I don't have. I do think it's good for children to you know, leave the nest. They're out of high school. What are you going to do next? So I feel strongly about that. But she's using a lot of cut-off language, and I'm done with her. That feels a little – like there's, there may be something below more. the surface there.
1: Here's another one. My daughter and I have a tender, loving relationship, and I'm sure she will be surprised to find out she's being turned away.
0: <laughs> Did her therapist help her write these? Because they are just so – I don't know. What
1: the hell? So, I mean, what do you do? What do you – like this person obviously decided to, to cut the daughter off. Now the daughter did mention there's a little bit of extra context. The daughter did mention that she didn't feel like it was her mom's responsibility to pay for her college, and she said that that the mom said this is what started her down this road toward just total evisceration of
0: their relationship. It's also funny that years. she's already come to terms with the fact that this may ruin my relationship <laughs> with my daughter, but I'm prepared for those consequences. Yeah.
3: I've been dealing with this for 18 years, and honestly, I'm okay with it being done for. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> right. Maybe
0: she doesn't. Maybe yeah. she doesn't talk to me for two years. I'd be okay with that.
2: Yeah.
3: That's yeah. Uh, in fact, I kind of want her to not talk to me after this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So
1: do we, I mean, who, I feel like I understand Michael's, like, Michael's going to be pretty firm on, like, not going up, like, doing something that's not necessary, right? Is that kind of, that's great? Like, you're, it's like, hey, you, I'm going to help you, but you need to.
2: Well,
0: again, I'm I, only going to help you so much. so much like, context, that context is missed here. Like, it seems like the plan for the future Probably should have been figured out over time. Like it's a conversation you should be having with your kids. So I don't know what what necessitates the need to feel like you're done. I'm absolutely cutting you off. Is there not a plan? Does she, is she going a, a route that you don't agree with? I, I don't. I don't know. It, it it seems pretty harsh for me. I think personally, my philosophy would be that you know I want my kids to continue on about their life and have a plan and. Go make something happen, but I can't see what would precipitate needing to use such a rough language. Yeah, do you
3: think like a lawyer is going to deliver
0: a letter to this person's child? Oh, no, I man. also An eviction
2: like eviction notice. Yeah, I yeah. like
0: it'll probably upset her. So maybe I'll wait till after she graduates. Like, mm-hmm. yeah.
3: When should I drop this bomb?
0: Congratulations, on her. honey. Guess what?
2: Yeah, I think that's the problem that I have with it. It's like, is your child assuming? that things are going to go as they have and, and you're just going to surprise them with this information because that is, that seems awful. Like that's bad parenting, I think, or bad friend, like that would be a bad friend or partner or anything to like drop a bomb like that. But I don't know. I guess I should also explain that I have an 18 year old who mm-hmm. has, you know, graduated from high school and gone off to college and came back and, um, Home dropped out of college since Uh, it's been a wild ride. No lawyers involved, (laughs) and you know there is something where, like, when you have a kid that age, you want them to be self sufficient. You're like, we've been training for this for 18 years. You're going to go off into the world and do your own thing. And and our my stance, our stance, you know, my husband and I, it has been, we will help you out in terms of giving you a place to stay if you need that, but like you have to be proving that you're trying to do something as well. Like our child works, she's got one job right now. She's worked multiple jobs. She's got a plan, like all of that. You have bills that you have to pay still, you know, you're responsible for your cell phone bill, your car insurance, those types of things. As long as you are taking care of the things that you need to take care of and being a contributing member to our house, our family, like- you can continue staying here. You can, we can help you. Um, You know, I'm not going to pay for everything in the way that I would when you are nine, 10, 15, whatever it was. But like, if, if we go out to dinner and we invite you like, yeah, we're going to buy you dinner. Well, but, and
0: it's just, it's not s- summer vacation, right? You're, you yeah, no, no, I think no. that's the, that's kind of the point there is mm-hmm. it's okay if, Maybe kids are finding their footing, but like, are you finding your footing? Are you making a plan? What's weird about this question is she's not even graduated high school and she's like ready to just cut things off. So something has happened in this relationship.
2: I will say though that the months leading up to graduation, I've had this conversation with so many friends who are in the same situation. As a parent, you are so ready for this child to be gone. You are like <laughs> – it the tension. You know, like when you were a senior in high school, the senioritis feeling like I, I am done I had with a this. calendar
0: on the refrigerator for how many days till I moved out.
2: Yes, and your parents feel the same way about it. They're like, I cannot wait. <laughs> the energy in the house changes. Like it is – I mean, my, my daughter and I, we were like at each other's throats. And it was the minute she went off to school. It was like <sighs> – We can all breathe again. It was great. It was. So maybe this mom has just had a tough senior year. I think so. I think that yeah. If we're going to be generous with it, I'd say that. But she needs to check herself first.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I think if you're the parent in the situation, like I think you've already made a mistake if you are at this point. Like it's your kid's last semester of high school and you haven't had this conversation of like, hey, just so you know, like when you graduate, here's what's gonna happen. Like to me, granted, I'm I'm not a parent, but like that feels like something that you should have decided years ago and been talking about leading up to this. Like to drop a bomb like that at this point feels like it's way too late and you are maybe solving a problem for yourself, but you're putting it onto your kid in a way that is pretty unfair and is mostly your fault.
1: Mm. I've got a question
3: yeah. before I give my answer or thought. Do we,
1: do we feel like an 18 year old is equipped to handle the real world as it is? Like with how college costs are now, no. I don't know, just everything in the real world. Like, are they equipped to just be out on their own? And w- does that actually potentially make them better in some way to just like cut it off, <clears throat> cut it off completely?
0: Well, it's pretty stark to say, like on your own. Are they, you know, are as though they're entering another dimension? This situation, yeah, because this is like stark. I think that yeah, (laughs) at the time that you you are done with high school, like what are you going to do next? You're going to get a job. You're going to go to college. I think those are questions that you know you hopefully have some idea on, or you can work through. But um. I also think that there's this kind of idea that when kids are graduate high school they're just like dropped into the ether. Yeah, you're an adult now, but like hopefully you still have some kind of community. Hopefully your family still is there to kind of support you and help you and guide you and you know, you have some other structure in life that can you're not just falling, you know, off of a mountain. Things change, you have to take up new responsibilities for sure, but um, and, and maybe the, one of the problems is that people are so disconnected and, and with technology and social media or whatever, you don't have that community. And so you were in high school and then you're just dropped into a void and like, what do you do now? I think that's a sad thing, but, um, yeah, you're, I mean, for all of history in all, in all time, like you should be progressing into adulthood. Um, and that path may look different. It may take you longer to figure out what you want to do. But there's a lot of people who just are floating. And I think I feel like the floating is um, kind of unique to where we are right now in society. But I think it's something that anybody can – you go you, – you try and find a place. You try and take a step into whatever you want to do for your, the rest of your life. And if you have setbacks, that's okay. But, yeah, I think – are 18-year-olds completely prepared for life? No, but neither are 25-year-olds or 40-year-olds. Like, we're just figuring it out.
2: Yeah, I, I think I agree with that. Is that was that a yes or a no? I,
0: that- <laughs> well, at the end. I said I'm just trying. I'd- uh, no, they're not completely prepared for for okay. life, but you're never going to be.
2: Yeah, I think I would say that. At, like, if you were just to drop your kid off at 18 on their birthday and be like, "Hey, peace out," you know, figure things out, they would s- struggle, but I think they could do it. I I mean, I I don't think that it would be easy, but I think, I think anybody is capable of figuring things. Well, anybody, I don't know, like a 10 year old, but you know, I don't <laughs> well, know yeah. about your, your kids at two and one, but um, yeah.
1: Okay. Robert, what do you think?
3: Yeah. I think it's a tough balance. Cause I think like, I think back to myself at 18 and I was dumb. I did a lot of dumb Dude, stuff. Me too. Me too. Yeah. And, and so it's like you, th- and I think about like, would I make those decisions now? And like some of them, maybe, uh, but like many of them, hell no. And so just to think about like, I know Bobby, you always talk about the frontal lobe, but to like legitimately <laughs> sure. think about the level of intelligence and maturity that you have as an 18 year old. Like it's <clears throat> sure it's higher than when you were younger, but you're not fully developed. And so to like, just, it does to me feel like a very stark difference from like you're in high school where your entire life is regimented and planned by someone else to like complete cutoff at the end of that. It's, it feels very drastic. And so to me, like speaking to like this situation in particular, I feel, I don't know. I feel like if I have kids one day and I'm in a situation like this, I would like for there to be like sort of a stair step process, right? Of like, okay, you graduate high school, next step you get a job you're making x amount once you hit this point which is hopefully by the time you're this age you know my financial support to you drops to this level and so it's like you form clear agreements of like here's what the transition to being a full-fledged adult looks like
1: yeah i was an idiot so that's why i asked that question because it's like there's Mm -hmm. no way like i it took me like i don't even know i was like well into my early twenties before I even knew what I wanted to do with my life and had, I don't know, like I got through college and everything, but I still don't think that I was like really highly functional in the real world. It took me maybe longer than it should have. So I think like, I think that this lady, I think this is like a highly questionable decision for her to do. Cause I think that it set, I think it potentially sets your kid up off on a lower trajectory, like success wise. than it would be if you like help them through college and like, We're there for them as a support system. Like, and I also think it's a lot, like as a parent, I think there's a lot you can be very idealistic about like, here's what I'm going to do when my kid turns 18 and I'm going to have these rules. I don't know yet, but I have a feeling it's not going to turn out anything like I thought it was. And if I have multiple kids, like one's going to be totally different than the other. Maybe one can like totally jump off at 18 and be self-sufficient. The other one might not. So I kind of think that I'm going to help support, but I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, but I do think I do think just cutting them off at eighteen like this is, uh, yeah, it's it's a uh, risky <laughs> it's a ri- I, risky thing. Like, I want to go. Think,
2: I want to yeah. go to something you said, Bobby, about like I might support them or help support something about support. I think that it's important to remember that there are different ways that you can support your children too. You can offer financial support. You can offer some type of like, hey, can we, you know we sit down and go through your budget and I can help you understand how to. Uh, prioritize things. I can be, um, I can listen to you when you want to go over your problems. I can offer advice. So like what this parent is doing and why I feel like it's questionable is that it seems like they're cutting off all support. It's not just financial support. Like you are limiting your, um, you are, Essentially saying like, I'm not going to be in your life anymore is what it kind of sounds like. I'm not going to talk to you anymore. I'm not going to um, help you in any sort of way. And that feels, I don't know. She, she says like we could have a, what did she say? Something about like having a relationship later on or something. Like that's- Like it'll
1: just smooth over later.
2: Yeah. Like, you, I mean, you're be prepared for your child to spend many years hating you and like probably needing- mm. Some therapy. You might both need therapy <laughs> yeah. together. I don't know. This sounds. One person seems
1: like
0: they already potentially might need the yeah, therapy. You may have a, right a devouring I think mother, so. yeah, and it's the parent. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think Ariel is big, right. I think a good distinction is financial support versus you know being a parent, uh, and I guess that's emotional and mental and every other kind of support. If you want to put boundaries around finances or what is to be expected about what you're going to financially provide your kids. Okay. Have that conversation, set boundaries. We could go back and forth on sort of what your obligation is to your kid, uh, depending on what they're doing, but you have no right to just completely remove yourself from their lives and expect it to be healthy. Um, That's, that's so again, there may be more of a story here, but at face value, I'd say this is um, a parent who is going to, uh, cut, cut ties to her daughter that are probably never going to be fully recovered. Yeah.
3: Yeah. The other thing I was thinking about too, is like it, I think you do sort of have to walk a line because I think in general, people live up to the expectations you set of them. Right. And so it's like, I don't think as a parent, you can say like, I'm going to give you everything you need all the time. No questions asked, because then like, not everyone, but many children will like lean on that to the fullest extent. Whereas I think if you're like, hey, I'm here for emergencies and I'm here to like emotionally support you and we can talk through this, but like for all intents and purposes, like you are on your own and you know, I don't know. So I think like you do have to ride that line of supporting, but not enabling, I guess. Yeah, and if you're this lady's daughter and you need emotional support, reach out to
0: us. (laughs) Shoot yeah. us an email. If you just we'll need bring you on. To, to... Text uh, us at
2: <laughs> You can be our child. We will not financially support you, but...
0: We want to make that abundantly clear.
2: <laughs> in other ways. We <laughs> yeah. want to make it clear that we're, we're not
1: actually family at all. Um, right. We, you know, and we won't we'll be We'll draft
3: up either. an
0: agreement of the expectations and <laughs> yes. the level of support that we'll provide. Yes. Mm-hmm. It'll be yes. very clear. We'll need you to, to perform some tasks for us. So Really what we're saying is we will... Um, We'll offer you an internship, <laughs> an unpaid internship. Unpaid. Unpaid. <laughs> All right, guys.
2: All right, everyone. Thank you for listening. Um, if you have a decision that you'd like us to weigh in on, you can text it to us at 321-222-0203. Uh, we also have an incredible email list. Uh, the link to it is in the show notes. Sign up. Uh, you can see us in your inbox. Um, often. We'll be back next week and talk soon.